Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. The title of my message tonight, if you aren't taking notes, I encourage you to take out your phone at least and get in the notes section. They have physical notes if you're a writer, if you like to write. I wouldn't even be able to read my own handwriting if I wrote notes, so I do it on my phone. Uh, (laughs) So maybe you're like that. But tonight, the title of my message is called God's Not Done. I don't know, like, Mish can attest to this because she saw it happening. I don't know what was happening today, but, like, I was trying to export and study my message and finish my message. And, like, literally my computer just stopped working for, like, two and a half hours to where I had to get, like, IT people on it. And I was, like, super frustrated because I was, like, I'm trying to study. Like, I'm trying to study this word. And I honestly, like, I honestly feel like God was, like, still speaking to me, but I wanted to get it down on paper, like, because he was giving me more revelations. But what I feel like, I feel like tonight is, like, a word, You know what I mean? Like, it's a word for me. Hopefully it's a word for you because I think we need to know God's not done with us. He's not done with our story. He's not done with what he's going to do in our life, no matter what season you're in. And so, you know, I I wanted to share just some of the stuff with you um, and give you some perspectives. And then I'm going to read you this story about so many young adults and what God did. But I think it's so easy for me. I don't know. You have to decide for yourself. (laughs) But it's so easy for me to get frustrated and water down what I'm believing for. Like, I don't know if you've ever been there, but for me, like, I'm like, you know, I'm believing that God's going to do this. And then when I don't see it happening, I'm like, well, I guess I'd be okay if he just did that. Like, some of us are like, I want to meet my spouse, and I want him to be, like, here. But then, like, we wait, like, a day, maybe a couple weeks, or maybe a couple years, like, for me, before I ever got into a serious relationship, I waited like six and a half years, and then I got married, and then I got divorced, and then I waited again for like three years, <laughs> and so it's like I faced a lot of different waiting seasons before, and it's so easy in those seasons to be like, well, they're okay. Like, they're not what like I asked God for. They're not the standard, and they don't have my values, but that's Okay. And we, we do that with our job, we do that with our life, we do that with what we're believing for. And we say like, well, I guess it's good enough. But the enemy, what like we need to understand is the enemy wants us to settle all along the way so we never receive the fullness of what God has for us. He wants to exchange us with something that's watered down and not as valuable and not as real. Not that people aren't valuable, that's not what I'm saying. But there's a difference in being aligned with someone who has your values and it's going in the same direction and someone that you choose to not be aligned with, okay? Everyone is God's child. I'm not trying to say that. So I think that what we have to decide is I refuse to settle for less. I can't be talked out of the promises of God. God's promise will not be watered down in my life. Because the truth is, what God has promised will happen in your life if you don't choose something else. God can't be talked out of his own promises. Like no matter what happens in your life, there's always still something else that God's going to do. Like even if you did choose wrong, even if you did settle, even if you did let something be watered down, God always still has a greater plan than what you could even imagine because he's not done yet. And we can't really see, obviously, where he can see. We can't live in a space where he is. The Bible says that his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. So what is God doing? He's always calling us up. And the only thing that limits us in our life, and this is true, okay, 
I know it's true for me. I don't know if you can relate, but the only thing that limits me in my life is myself. God doesn't limit me. America doesn't limit me. My cultural background or my family doesn't limit me because anything is possible with God. So what's the only thing that can hold you back? You might not see it right now. You might not feel like it's gonna happen right now, but the only thing that holds us back is ourself because not even the devil has power over you that you don't give him. You're a child of God. He doesn't have authority in your life unless you let him have space. So we have a part to play in the promises of God. Sometimes we think that like God's this mystical being out there in the world and we just have to go with whatever's happening and we just don't know. No, you have a part to play in the promises of God. What is your part? Your part is to believe. Belief is a really important thing. You know, a lot of times in our life, like I said earlier, we can get frustrated and we can let things get watered down. But sometimes what some of us do is we actually, <laughs> we move the goalpost like forward to where we're like, oh, it's easier to get a goal if I just like, well, it was back here and I'm just going to move it forward so I hit the goal faster. Have you guys ever done that before? Like, you're like, I'm just like, I wanted to save 20000 now I'm good with two. You know, like I hit the goal. Like you have like a budgeting app. Like me and my husband, we use like some apps and it helps us just, helps me visualize things because uh, I'm not a numbers person. And so pictures and pie charts, I can get that, right? So for me, it's like, you know, I have this goal and then I'm like, well, <laughs> it's just a little different this month. Like it's just a little different this time. It's just a little different in this relationship. Like I know I said I was gonna be pure, but not with him. Like, you know what I mean? Like we have these things where we move the goal post so that we like feel okay about it and the truth is if you can get there on your own you don't need God if you can make it happen on your own you do not need God so why do we feel comfortable living in the space where we don't need God because we want to do it on our own and like some of us live life so frustrated and so disappointed and we're like, God, where are you? And he's like, I'm over here. You're over there. I'm trying to bring you to where I have you, but you're frustrated that you're not there, but you're trying to do your own thing. And I think, you know, for us, it's, it's not a choice about figuring it out. That's where we get caught up. Like as people in the world that don't have our lives figured out, does anyone have their life figured out yet? Huh? Me neither. So for people that don't have life figured out yet, a lot of times we like think like, well, I'll figure it out. Really? Like, how's that working? Because like, just when I think I figured something out, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like the, the older I get, the more I realize like, wow, I need to learn. Whoa, like I, I should read some stuff. I should ask questions. You know, when you're younger, you're like, people are so stupid. Why don't they know anything? And then as you get older, you're like, my parents might have been smart. They knew stuff, you know, or like, hey, like, you know, maybe your boss was making you do something or they were pushing you in a way and you're like, so freaking mean. And then all of a sudden you become the boss and you're like, now I see from their perspective why they did that. You know, we have this certain viewpoint in life and we think like, oh, I've got it. Don't worry. Like we don't involve God. And I do this sometimes and I look back and I'm like, what the heck am I doing why would I want to go anywhere without God? 
Because in God's presence, I have victory. When he's with me, I win when even like the odds are stacked against me. I don't know how many Bible verses you've read or stories you know in the Bible, but when God's involved, you win even when it doesn't make sense. So like, why do I try to go without him? Have you ever asked yourself that? You know, the Bible says that he will make a way where there seems to be no way. This whole thought process that you've heard comes out of Isaiah 43. And it talks about how long ago the Lord opened a way for his people to go through the Red Sea. And it talks about how he made this path and the soldiers that were trying to come against them were swallowed up by the water and they never got up again and they were destroyed and they were blown like a dimly dimly burning flame. Dang. Uh, But then it says, forget the things that have happened in the past. Does anyone else need to forget some stuff that happened like back in the day that you're still holding on to? Like when I was 12, my mom told me this and now I just live insecure. When I was um, in high school, my boyfriend was cheating on me and now I don't trust men. Like I'm just being real. How many of us like we hold on? I do this. I hold on to the past, but not for what God did for me. For why like I don't even know why I'd want to do this, but for why I'm so jacked up. I don't know. Like, I don't know why we do this, but it's like we hold on to the past because it feels good. But here it's saying, okay, God made a way for his people to get out of a tight spot. He took out the enemies. And then his next thing in the scripture that said is, forget the things that have happened in the past. Don't keep thinking about them. I'm about to do something new. It's beginning to happen even now. Don't you see it coming? You can't see what God's about to do if you're looking at what happened to you that's unfair. Like the only way that you could look back and see God working in the future is if you're connecting what he did then and then now. Because the past has no purpose in your life right now. Like if you've learned from it, great. Leave it because why would you hold on to that if it's not worth holding on to? So then... In this, it says, I'm going to make a way through the desert. Have you ever felt like you're in a desert? Like there's not enough money. There's not enough good friends. There's not enough women. There's not enough good guys. There's not enough Christians in the world. The world's coming to an end. You know, I was having a conversation with this person this last week, and they were just talking about all the problems in the world. (laughs) And I was, this is literally true, okay? God bless this person because we have amazing conversations. But I was getting a massage, and it was the person giving me a massage. And they were talking about all the problems that were happening in the world, and I'm trying to relax. (laughs) Like, I'm sitting there trying to relax, and they're like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'm like, you know, I just... (laughs) I just choose to take the standpoint, and I'm like speaking some of this in faith because it's not always true, but I'm like, this is how I want to be. But I'm like, I just always choose to take the standpoint of, I'm not going to have the answers, but I know the person that does. So why am I going to waste my time trying to figure it out? I'm just going to be faithful. I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to let God handle the stuff that I can't fix. Right? So in this It's saying he's going to make a way through the desert. The stuff that doesn't make sense, the stuff that doesn't add up, that where you have a lack, where you have a need. It says, I will make streams of water. I'm going to make a way for you in the dry and empty land. Sometimes my life has felt like a dry and empty land. It's felt like it's not connecting, it's not working, it's not going how I want it to go. And God, like, basically shows us through this scripture, 
I'm going to make it happen. But you can't be focused on who was chasing you before I delivered you. You can't be focused on who did you wrong, who was coming after you, because I'm taking you somewhere new. You know, back in that time, he was actually taking, like God was leading the Israelites to the promised land. So he delivered them. He's leading them to the promised land. He's encouraging them with this in this time. And what's interesting is they eventually, I'll get into this more later, but they eventually wanted to go back to slavery. Another story in the Bible is Abraham. God basically told him that him and his wife were going to have a child. They were really old at the time, so they were like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, And so they waited a while, and then all of a sudden, they decided to water down the promise of God. And instead of believing, they tried to make it happen on their own. You know, like when God, like maybe someone spoke something to you, you heard something in a message, you're like, that's who I want to be. Or like, that's, that's what I feel like God has for me. But instead of like letting God happen, we try to make it happen in like a, like a B-movie version or not even a B, maybe I like B-movies because it's weird. I don't know. I just do. But like we try to make this thing happen and we're like, it's not working out and I'm, I feel so stressed out. And it's like, well, maybe because you're not following God and you're trying to make what God wants for you happen, but it's not in the ways he wants to make it happen. Does that make sense? Anybody else? Okay. So Abraham's wife and Abraham, they, they watered down the promise of God and they decide, she's like, sleep with my maidservant and have a child. If God said you're going to have a child, just sleep with my maidservant and then we'll fulfill what he said. That's not what God said. God said that they were going to have a child, right? So they watered down the promise of God and tried to make it on their own. I don't have time to go into the history of it, but basically, okay, the Israelites ended up being the son of Abraham that ended up being born like years later, right? And then Ishmael ended up being the people from like Palestine, Middle East, so the the Jewish people and the, the Middle Eastern Palestine people that are still at war today are brothers, I don't have time to get into all the history of that, but what happens is when we try to make something happen on our own, it doesn't work out well for everybody. There's conflict. So sometimes we water down the promise of God so that it makes sense to us. Like we try to make what God wants to happen make sense to us. We bring this like promise of God or what God's spoken or what we think God's trying to do down on our level so that we can feel good about what's possible. But God doesn't work or exist in what's possible. He wants us to live with him in impossibility. You can't try to make something happen on your own and expect it to happen. Here's what's interesting. If you try to make it happen, it will be impossible. But if you trust God, what's impossible will become possible. If you can make sense of it, you probably don't need God and you're probably not following him. We look at life from this natural viewpoint, but God doesn't exist in the natural. You know, I had this thought, I told Mish this thought in my office because it like really humbled me. (laughs) You know, it's like not my thought, it was like a God thought. Um, So I'm just gonna say this and take it for what it is for you. But how is it that the enemy sometimes believes more in our calling than we do? Like, why would he tempt you, come after you, hurt, like want you to hurt, like, wh- like people say like, you know, the devil's after me, like why would he be after you? Because he knows how amazing you are. He knows how called you are. He knows how anointed you are. And he believes in the God in you sometimes more than you do. How crazy is that? 
Like, sometimes it's easier to believe more in the devil than it is in God. We're like, yeah, life's hard. It sucks. But then, like, we don't believe in what God's doing. (laughs) The enemy is so scared that he doesn't want you to see what's ahead. He wants you to get focused on what's not working right now instead of what God's working out. Joel Osteen said this quote, and I love it. It says, God is not limited by what limits us. That's encouraging. Like, you should be encouraged by that. God's not limited by what limits you. If you're not very intelligent, like me with math, God's not limited by that. He created numbers. (laughs) He can help me where I lack, right? Like, if you're not this or you're not that, like, if God's called you to do something, he can fill the gap. But you have to involve him in your situation. God doesn't have, like, this substitute blessing for you. So we need to stop trying to force his hand When you don't even know his plan. Some of us are trying to make what God, what we think God wants to happen. But we don't even know what he's doing because we haven't sought after him. We haven't even talked to him. You know, this girl came up to me. I was recently in South Africa. And she, out of her whole family, who's Hindu, is like living for God. She goes to church by herself. She's there every week. And she told me, she's like, I can't really feel God. Like, I'm, I'm dealing with suicidal thoughts. Like, I... I've had a lot of stuff happen in my family, and I don't feel like I can tell anybody else, but I feel like I can tell you. I'm like, hi, my name's Kilo, you know? But so she's like telling me all this stuff, and I said, I just have one question to ask you. Because you've been in church, you serve. I said, do you talk to God? She was like, well, no. I was like, well, why wouldn't you talk to God? She's like, well, I don't know how. I was like, well, you're talking to me. It's the same way. But so often we go to our friends, we go to our spouse, we go to our coworkers with our issues, but we don't take our issues to God, so we never see any answers. And I think that for so many of us, we don't realize this, but your belief is either going to empower you or it's going to limit you. Sometimes God will allow what we don't need to be taken away so that we can rely on him and not people or things. That's happened in my life, where I thought I was good, I grew up in a Christian home, like, God knows what's in you. It was interesting, um, I actually recently did a podcast on this, but Lisa Bevere said something recently uh, when I was with her, and she said that if Goliath wouldn't have come against David, he would have stayed a shepherd boy, but it was the adversary that brought out the king inside of him. Sometimes it's the storm, sometimes it's the enemy, sometimes it's the adversaries that brings out the potential that God's put in us. Like, it's not because you're so smart, it's not because you work so hard, it's not because you developed yourself with your self-development books and your teachings and you bought a course. Like, it's the things that come against you that bring out the potential in you that didn't ever need to rise up until that moment. And God knows what he's doing. The enemy thinks that he has this plan that's working out, but God's actually setting you up to win while the enemy thinks he's setting you up to fail. God knows who and what you need. You know, the Bible, it says God's ways are not our ways. I want to tell you this story. Some of you heard this story before, but there was this man that was actually, uh, he was driving this truck. It was like a freezer truck, okay? And he realized that his freezer wasn't working in the back of his truck or it didn't seem to be working. And so he went to go fix something, but the latch broke and it came down and it locked him in the door. And he kind of was freaking out a little bit, but he's like, someone will find me. Like, they'll see this truck parked and they'll find me. Like, it'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, like, 
that during this hot summer day, he starts to kind of freak out and he's locked and he's freaking out and he kept saying, I can't get out. I'm gonna freeze to death in here because he realized in his mind, he was like, this is working and I'm in this freezing truck and I'm gonna freeze to death. And people like, they ended up finding him the next day and he was dead. But like the interesting thing that they saw on the walls is he wrote like, he scratched with his nail, it's so cold. This is like a weird story, I know. But they found him and they did an autopsy on his body and they found out that he froze to death but the truck was never on. It was totally broken. Literally, he had like thought so hard in his mind that he was gonna freeze to death that his body showed signs of it. And I think, you know, Henry Ford said this, but whether you think you can or can't, you're right. And that's true. But whatever you think you can't, with God you can. And so at the place you find impossibility, you put that in God's hands and it becomes possible. God has something great for all of us, but if we don't believe it to the point that our lives prove what we believe, we will not receive the fullness of what God has for us. You know, in Deuteronomy, I'm not gonna go through the whole thing, but I encourage you, in Deuteronomy 28, it talks about how blessed you're gonna be for obeying God and for following him. And so I'm just gonna read you like a couple things because it goes into great detail, like livestock and sheep and stuff. But like it says, you must completely obey the Lord and you must carefully follow all of his commands that I'm giving you today. Then the Lord your God will make you greater than any other nation on the earth. And then it skips down and it says, um, your basket and your kitchen will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and when you go out. The Lord will let you defend the enemies that come and fight against you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will be sent in seven different directions. The Lord your God will bless you with full barns. He'll bless you with everything you do. I'm skipping again. He will bless you with everything that he's promised, but you must obey his commands. You must do what he wants you to do. Then everyone on earth will see that you are the Lord's people. The Lord will make you rich. Hey, you will have many children. Hey, maybe for some of you, your cattle will have many calves. Yay. And then your land will have crops and it keeps going, keeps going. The Lord will open up his storehouse. The skies will send rain on your land in the right time. I need some rain right now. It's hot. And he will bless everything you do. You will lend to other nations, but you will not need to borrow from them. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. I want to be the head, not the tail. You will be on top and not on the bottom. I love that scripture because it goes, you can go read it, but it's in so much detail about what God's going to do, how blessed you are. But what's the caveat? What's the thing? It's, what's the catalyst in this scripture? That you follow God, that you obey him. If you are not following God, that doesn't mean that you never fail. Okay? It just means that you're seeking him, that you're submitting to him. You will already have a blessing on your life in so many different facets that it will bless other people. You know, Dr. Dale Bronner was here a couple months ago. I don't know if you guys remember him, but one of the things he said has stuck with me, and I like literally keep saying it because it reminds me of that God's not done. God never ends on a negative, so if it isn't positive yet, God isn't done. When you don't have enough, God makes up the rest, and he wants more for you than you even want for yourself. You know in Ephesians 3, 19 through 21, it says, and you may know his love, even though it cannot be known completely, and then you will be filled with every good thing that God has for you. God is able to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. He does everything by his power that is working in us. His power has to work in us. His power works, but can it work in you? Can it work in your situation? Can it work in your circumstance? 
Be faithful with what you have now. Give God something to work with and he will use what you've placed in his hands. We've got to place it in his hands. You know, I said this earlier, but the Israelites, you know, at one point they wanted to go back to Egypt where they were in slavery, okay? They, they literally, they settled in the wilderness instead of going to the promised land and they wanted to go back, back into slavery. Why? Because they were okay with what they had settled in. Some of us feel better being in dysfunction because we're used to it rather than pushing to be healthy. It's easier to go back to the guy, back to the girl, back to the drugs, back to the alcohol, back to the partying, back to whatever. It's easier and that's why we go back. It's harder to move ahead, but that's why you need God. It's possible. Like, I don't know if you've ever dealt with something before, but you feel like almost you, like you have no control. At the point you have no control, you give over control. Carrie Underwood said it perfectly. Jesus, take the wheel. Right? Some of us need to let go and let God. We know these sayings. We've seen them. They're old school. But stop giving the enemy so much credit in your life. One of the things that, that Dr. Dale Bronner said that I love is that he said the enemy can write stories and situations in our life, but it's in pencil. It can be erased and rewritten because God has the final say. Whatever something looks like right now, it doesn't have to stay that way. Whatever it feels like right now, it doesn't have to stay that way. A storm cannot stop God's purpose and promise in your life. The destiny in you is stronger than the storm around you. Just because you're being challenged doesn't mean that you aren't on the right path. Just don't challenge yourself. God's already going to challenge you, right? But it's going to be for good. Sometimes we're, we're challenging ourselves. We're making it harder for ourselves. But God never ends on a negative. And I think that's so important to remember. That if we really want what God wants for us, if it looks negative, he's just not done yet. You know when adversity hits, when hard times come, when challenging moments come, that's when the best things start to happen. That's where the best things in our life come out of. Think about what you're most grateful for. Think about what you love most in your life. It costs you something. Like maybe like you saved up for something and you wanted it. Maybe you're married or you're in a relationship and you have to fight for it. Like everyone wants to be married. No one wants to pay the price for it once you get in it. Like you're like, do I want to do this? Like, like I'm not saying I feel that way, but I'm saying it gets hard right? And you're like, it's so easy to want something. I love you, Cole. It's so easy. It's so easy to want something, but it's not easy to have what you want. Does that make sense? Like we all want a million dollars. Could you be faithful with a million dollars when you're not even faithful with five? Like you want a husband or a wife, but you can't even be faithful with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Like you can't even be faithful in your own life. Okay, someone snorted. Okay, so <laughs> it's one thing, it's one thing to think that God can. It's another thing to know he will. Because guess what? When you're in the state that you know the character of God and you can trust in the character of God, not because you have it all figured out, but because you really do trust God and you believe, you can lay it down and then the peace that passes all understanding can come. That's why it's called peace that passes all understanding because it doesn't make sense that you have peace just so you know. So in Hebrews 11, one through three, this is like the faith chapter, right? It says, faith is being sure of what we hope for. It is being sure of what we do not see. How are you sure of what you do not see? Because you're sure of the God who has the unseen. That is, that is what the people of long ago praised for. We have faith. So we understand that everything was made when God commanded it. That's why we believe that what we see was not made out of what we can't see. 
So what we see right now was made out of what we can't see. Does that make sense? God created the world with his words. We create our world with our words. Are you speaking in faith? Are you speaking in belief? Are you speaking in love when you don't see it? That's hard. I'm just going to back away from that one. The enemy has a goal for us to settle so that we never see what God's doing. So that we never receive what he has for us. Your belief is a powerful thing because whatever you believe in, you can receive from. But what you don't believe, you will never receive from. Many times what we believe and the way we think is actually holding us back. And we focus on our limitations. You guys know it's, fo- it's easy to focus on your limitations. Right? We know what we aren't. We know what we can't do. We know what we don't like. <laughs> it's a lot easier to know what you don't like than what you do sometimes. But what if God knows all those things too? And he's crafted exactly what he's called you to do with that in mind. The Bible says that our lack gives power gives God's power access to our life. In our weakness, his power is made perfect. Our lack, our weakness, opens the door for God's power to work. So just because you're weak, just because you lack, shouldn't be shameful. That should help you to understand you just got the access code to God's power if you turn that weakness over to God instead of trying to make it happen on your own. Like that's powerful. That's a scripture I say a lot because I need it. So maybe you need to adopt that in your own life. But too often we focus on what's impossible and we never see what's possible. If you're focused on what's impossible, you will never see the impossible be possible. If you're like, it's never enough, I'll never be enough. That's, no, not enough, I'm gonna freeze to death. Well, you said it, you believe it. More than obviously you believe the word of God and who God is and you're speaking into existence. That's your world, that's your life. That's what you've created. You know, Matthew 6, 22, I'm just gonna read this, this short part. It says, your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. The next part says, if you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. Uh, yeah, hopefully you got a picture with that. So often we're looking at the wrong thing and we end up missing out on what God's really doing in a season. We're squinty-eyed. We're doubting. We're not trusting in him so our eyes aren't open and filled with light. So we face anxiety and depression and we feel out of control and we have thoughts we don't want to have because we've opened up ourselves to the truth of the enemy, not the truth of God. It's our job to believe and take action and it's God's job to do the impossible. That's what Pastor Keith has taught me my whole life. It's not your job to do the impossible. It's just your job to believe believe, and take action with what you have. You know, what God is doing right now can often be found in the center of things that seem to be going so wrong. The storm often leads to our strength. In Philippians 4, 6-7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You may not know the why, the who, the when, but the peace of God will guard your heart and mind along the way. Isn't that interesting that it says that the peace of God will guard it? 
It's not you, like I think in my mind, if I just knew, if I knew why, if I knew when, if I knew who, I used to say, if I knew who I was going to marry, I would be okay. I would submit to God. If I knew when that this would take off, I'd be okay. God, if I knew how you were going to do it, I'd be okay. Really? Because you already have a lot of answers right now and you're not okay. You already know you're loved. You already know you're chosen. You already know that God has a plan for you. You already know he created you in your mother's womb. And still we go, like, why, why am I here? What's the point of this? Do I matter? And you're so important to God. He wouldn't have taken the time to literally create you, every single part of you, if it wasn't on purpose. And the only reason why we doubt, the only reason why we question, and truthfully, speaking for myself, but like I said, if it's you too, catch on. The only reason I get down is because my perspective is not up. You know, in Daniel 3, there was three Israelites that were thrown into the fire and their hands were bound. And Jesus shows up in the middle of the fire. And I love this picture because King Nebuchadnezzar, he looks in the, in the fire and he goes, how many guys do we throw in there? I'm paraphrasing. How many guys do we throw in there? Can you imagine if the Bible is written like that? How many guys do we throw in there? Like, he goes, we threw in three. He goes, there's four. And one of them, their hands aren't bound. It's in the Bible. I love that God's hands are never bound even when we feel like ours are. God can't be stopped. His plan, his promises cannot be stopped. The only thing that stops it is us. So I'm going to read you this story and then I'm going to pray for us. But just hang with me for a second. Because this isn't me. This is someone else's story. I started realizing changes in me and my body that I couldn't quite figure out. I didn't feel like me at all. And I was all over the place emotionally, physically. And I was putting on an extreme amount of weight from January to March. I didn't know what was going on. And throughout these months, I kept telling myself that it would get better, that I'd be fine, that there was no way it was anything serious. I dealt with severe pain and nausea that seemed like it would never end. Keep in mind, I've never been sick. I've never been to a hospital. I've never even broken a bone. I've always been healthy. Cancer does not run in my family. And I honestly never thought that my health would be attacked. I really didn't even know how strong I actually was until all of this. I was told by doctors that they could not believe that I had gone as long as I did in this condition that I was in. In March... I could not bear it anymore, Then I rushed myself to the emergency room where I had a serval test and scans done to find out that I had a massive tumor covering my entire abdominal area. I was told that I would need surgery to remove the mass at this time. I did not have any health insurance. I had just made a job transition, and I didn't make it a priority to acquire my own insurance, thinking that I was young and it would be fine and I could worry about it later. I was so wrong. So I had no idea how I was going to be able to pay for this surgery. But God aligned everything the way that I, it was supposed to happen and the right people. When I went to the emergency room, I was introduced to the specialist who could take care of me, Dr. Pierce, who was never there. I was told it was by sheer luck, but I knew it was God. He was the kindest doctor who really cared, and he was very thorough, and he made this whole process easier. He let me know that he was going to work out something with the hospital and with his team to where we can get the surgery done. During this time, I would have to wait it out until everything was ready to go for surgery. During the waiting, I lost 20 pounds in a few short weeks from not being able to hold down any food. My days seemed long and my nights were sleepless. The pain was unrelenting and it, it was to the point that I couldn't even walk or do anything for myself. 
I missed, I missed church for a month. I wasn't able to sing. Although I was watching online from home, it felt like a huge hole in my heart. I was praying for healing. My family and I believed that the tumor would dissolve. We were praying hard. We were doing everything that we were taught to do and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't being completely healed. I started questioning if I was doing something wrong or what I could do more. But during this time, I started to realize that even though I didn't instantly get healed, I pressed in harder than I have in the word of God. And when I had really bad days, I kept praising God and worshiping God. And when I was short of breath, I still lifted up a song and I knew he was with me. He was with me through it all and I never wavered for a second because I knew he would come through. I knew he would never leave me. He was in my fire and he was an amazing God. On April 15th, I had surgery. My surgery was 100% debt free. I was told that it would have taken six years to pay off. My doctor didn't even charge me for, for my visits, which is unheard of. I had a 30 pound tumor removed. My right ovary had to be taken, but I can still have children and no cancer. After all of this, I was so in awe of God. I was so grateful. I was able to start functioning like myself again. I felt better than I ever have, and I thought the worst had passed me. Two weeks later, I had a checkup scheduled to go over the pathology report. I was told that the mass had come back as cancerous. I was told that I would have to have a full hysterectomy at the age of 25. I was told that even whenever I had to go through that I would have to go through, even though I would never have to go through chemotherapy, I would possibly need more surgery. I told myself, there's no way, there's no way that God had brought me this far during this whole process to go all the way back. But I did not buy into what I was being told. Instead, I was buying into the word that God tells me. Then I was told out of 17, 17 out of 19 doctors believed that the tumor was not cancerous, but they needed to come to a conclusion for the final diagnosis. And because of the size, 30 pounds, they needed to do their due diligence. The tumor was sent to Harvard, yes, the Harvard, to be further tested by their team of specialists. The final diagnosis came back as borderline cancerous, which means no surgery, no chemo, no more craziness. Moving forward every six months, I have to have a test done to monitor everything, but I'm so grateful to say my first round of tests came back cancer-free, no traces found. God is good, he is so kind. I'm overwhelmed with gratefulness. I pray that when someone reads or hears my story that they can see how good he really is. My hope is that people stop buying into the report of what, God, of what other people say, but they buy into the report of what God says, that their faith will get much bigger and much sooner. Lastly, I pray that people know, no matter what the situation they're in, he is waiting with us. He is right there in the fire fighting with us, and he's never going to leave or forsake us. The person, the story is, her name is Chelsea Lee. She's here and she sings on the worship team and you guys see her during the main weekend. But I love that story because it's not a perfect story and God's not done yet. God's still doing what he's gonna do and he's still doing what he's gonna do in your life. But I love her perspective that I'm not gonna believe just what's said. I'm gonna believe what God says over a doctor's report, over what, how people see me, over what people tell me. I'm gonna believe in God. And even though sometimes we get frustrated, even though sometimes we question, guess what? Questioning God is not bad as long as you're actually looking for an answer because he will answer you and the answer will be that he is faithful. So tonight, maybe you have your own story. I mean, I'm sure you do because we're all breathing here. Maybe you have things that you've been through. Maybe you have discouragements. Maybe you have things that you're wondering about. How is God gonna come through or what is he gonna do? My encouragement number one to you is don't try to take control back in your hands or water down his promises because it's in the waiting 
that we see God be faithful. And a lot of times it's only when you look back that you can see all that he's done. I look back at my life and I don't think about how much I've been hurt, even though I've been hurt. I don't think about how much I've been taken advantage of or how people have hated me or how people have betrayed me. I look at how God was faithful through it all. That today where I stand, even though things aren't perfect in my life, even though there's a lot I need to grow in, there's a lot I need to be better in, God will help me to the place he needs to get me. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to be the person that tries to move the goalposts to try to win. He will fulfill beyond what I could think or imagine. He will fulfill beyond what you can think or imagine. So today what I want us to do is number one, if you don't know this God that I'm talking about and you don't have a relationship with him, we're all gonna say a prayer together and I want you to say that prayer for yourself tonight. Maybe you're rededicating, maybe you're saying it for the first time, maybe you just need to get back on track. But also, I'm gonna pray for those of us that like me, you're maybe sitting here today, standing here today, and you say, I want to see God in my story. I want to see God in my life. I don't want to leave this building. Sometimes you got to get relentless, just so you know. I'm not going to leave this building until I'm submitted, until I give up my way, until I give up letting the enemy have any part in my life. And God, I want what you have. I don't want what the world says. I don't want what politics, news, social media, influencers, like something that was really interesting that someone said this last week is how is it that we follow influencers that aren't that influential? Like they aren't really doing things with their life. How is it that we, that's the standard for us? Like how many followers we have, how many likes we have, but yet we're not actually in alignment with what matters. We're not actually following after the God that's gonna take us where he has us, the promise that he has for us. My encouragement to you is don't get stuck in the wilderness or in the desert and think that's it. Because with God, he's not done yet. He still has more for you. And until you take your last breath, there's still a chance. So don't count yourself out. Don't decide that it's over. Don't, don't get down in the dumps. He wants you to live your life with your eyes wide open so that you can be filled with light, not be a dank seller. I don't wanna be whatever that is. So if for you, maybe you're rededicating, maybe you're coming back, maybe you're, you're, you're accepting Jesus for the first time, or maybe you just say, I want God to be involved in my story, we're all gonna do this together. I love having a physical movement because I think if you can move in the physical, it shows the enemy, I'm moving in the spirit. He doesn't know what happens in here, only God does. But he for sure knows what you say and he for sure knows what you do and that's what he messes with you with. So I want you today to take a stand, and like literally take a stand and say, God, I want you to use me, God, I want more of you. This is for both things and I'm not gonna count, I just want you to stand because I want you to change your position in this room so in the spirit your position changes. I'm already standing with you. You can go ahead and start standing. But we're gonna pray together and I want, I want everybody out loud and that's sitting down, I want you to say this with me. I want you to say this prayer with me because you know what? When, when one of us comes back to God, it says that there's like literally a party in heaven. Okay, so whether that's you tonight or not, we're gonna do this all together because I, I always like to tell God this because I need more of him. So if you would just say this with me out loud, say, God, I need more of you. I wanna let go of my way. Forgive me of any mistakes I've made. Come into my heart, make me new. I believe that you are who you say you are. I wanna live my life for you, in Jesus' name. And for everyone else standing, I want you to do something, I like to do this a lot, but if you would just lift your hands like this, like you're receiving something, I just want you to do that. I know it's weird, but just do it with me. 
God, I thank you for every single person that's standing. God, I thank you that you know their story, you know what's going on, you know what they've been through, you know where you're taking them. And God, as we hold what maybe looks like nothing in our hands, God, sometimes we feel like we have nothing to offer. Sometimes we feel like we have nothing that's happening that's good. But God, you take what seems like nothing and you take it and you make it into something miraculous. God, I thank you that today, even as we open up our hands, we're offering our life, we're offering, God, our steps, we're offering our mind, our relationships, every part of us to you because there's no fear in love. Love casts out all fear. God, the enemy would want them to stay fearful of what, well, what would happen if you turned it all over? What if he controls? God, the only thing you do is set us free. So God, where the enemy would try to keep us down, where you try to keep us controlled, God, your love brings freedom. And God, I thank you that you want more for us than we even want for ourselves. So today, as we hold up our hands, God, as, as a symbol to say, we want more of you. Take what we have, God, and make it into something amazing. God, we're no longer gonna water down your promise. We're no longer gonna move the goalposts. We're no longer gonna get into this place of dissatisfaction and just be okay with it. Because God, you're a God of more than enough. You're a God who's pressed down, shaken together, and running over blessings in our life. God, I thank you that you would move today, that we would walk out of here different, and that we would walk out of here with a confidence knowing whose we are and that you're always working. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at keelacraftambrose. Hey, so I was having a conversation with my sister the other day. And to be honest, you know, there's things in life that you're going to face and that you're going to deal with that maybe you never expected. And I was talking to my sister because we grew up in a leadership culture. We've been raised in a leadership culture where we've been taught that the greatest thing that you could ever do, obviously, besides like loving and following God and loving people is to learn to lead yourself. And I think that that's a lot of what's missing in the world is self-leadership. I think that if you could learn to lead yourself and be self-aware, be emotionally aware, and really just do what you know to do, that's the truth, uh, a lot of our issues in the world would be fixed. And I understand that uh, leading yourself without biblical truth um, can be a little bit difficult because you don't have the moral center that someone who, you know, believes in God and is able to be led by God and led by the Holy Spirit and get in the word has. But I think self-leadership in general, you can get benefits out of it, even if people, you know, aren't applying the word of God, because the truth is, is that in every truth that works, you can find biblical truth because biblical truth is the foundation for all truth. And, you know, I love that there are so many scriptures that can guide us, that can lead us, that can direct us. And a lot of times when you don't have the answers, you know, instead of trying to talk to your friends or even find a counselor, you can go to the word of God and find the truth. You know, I love that the Bible says that you should know the truth and the truth will set you free. A lot of times what we don't realize is we're accepting a truth that is not God's truth. 
And therefore, we stay bound, we stay frustrated, we stay in pain, we stay in resentment, we stay in unforgiveness, and we're not living a free life because we don't know God's truth. We're believing our own truth over God's truth. So it's the truth that you believe that will either set you free or keep you bound. And so anyways, I was having this conversation with my sister, and she was saying that you know she's going through a season in her life where she's just going through a difficult time and she's had some unexplainable and just really hurtful things happen in her life. And she was saying, I'm having a hard time leading my way through this. I'm having a hard time leading myself. And you know, the truth is while self-leadership is important, I do believe that there are certain things in life you can't always lead yourself through. There are some things in life like grief or really deep-rooted pain that you can't just lead yourself through. You need God's help. And one of the things I told her was, you know, it's and this is something that I've learned in my own life, but you can't always lead yourself through something. Sometimes you have to lean your way through it. And what I mean by lean your way through it is lean into God, lean into the presence of God. You know, I used to remind myself of this scripture a lot when I was going through a hard time in my life. And it's a scripture I'm paraphrasing, but it talks about how the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance things that you've been taught and things that have been poured into you. And he'll be your helper, that he'll be your guide. And I think, you know, in in my life, I've found that as a strength because, you know, there's times, I'm sure you've heard people ask this question, what do you do when you don't know what to do? And my answer to you is ask God for help. Lean your way into his presence. I wanted to read you a few scriptures today about what God's presence does for us, what the importance of it is in our life, and how we can do this. So in Psalm 1611, it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, I love that scripture because God knows the path of our life. He knows what we're going to go through. He knows what turns and twists that our life is going to take. And it says in your presence is fullness of joy, not some fleeting feeling of happiness, but joy is not a feeling. It's a position. And when you get in the presence of God, he adds to you joy. You see joy and peace, those are not feelings that you have. Those are gifts you've been given by God. And a lot of times we're not operating in them because we're not in his presence. It's in his presence that you will find the fullness of joy. And you know, in another in another verse in Exodus 33:14, it says, "My presence will go with you and I will give you rest." Have you ever needed rest? Have you ever needed just the peace of God to go with you? Because I know I have. And it's in God's presence that we are able to experience him and realize that he is with us, that he goes with us and he's the one that gives you rest. You know, like it doesn't matter how much you sleep, you can still feel tired. You can still feel emotionally drained. You can still feel run down. And it's God and his presence that's gonna give you and add to you rest. You know, in Acts 3, 20 through 21, it says that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Do you know that long ago prophets and God have spoken over you 
that you're going to receive a restoring of all things, that in his presence, you're going to find times of refreshing. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, sometimes we just, we flippantly go, I need you, God. I need you, God. And while that's really great, there's seasons where you need to lean into his presence. You need to shut off the social media. You need to shut off the music. You need to shut off the TV. And you just need to get into his presence. Sometimes we're so focused on talking to God that we don't listen to him. Have you ever just taken time and listened to God? Have you ever just taken time and been quiet in the presence of God? There's been times where I have chosen to be quiet and listen in the presence of God. And that's been some of the most revelational moments in my life because truthfully, God has a lot that he wants to do inside of you and he can do it in a moment. What would take years or, or hours and, and tons of money with doctors or spending time in counseling, the Holy Spirit can do it in a moment. You know, that scripture that I was talking about, about the Holy Spirit actually comes from John 14, 26. And it says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You know that the Holy Spirit can teach you. There's been times in my life that I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't have the answer but the Holy Spirit does. And if you don't take time to listen and lean into the presence of God, you're on your own, figuring it out on your own, in your own strength and with your own wisdom. And you know, the Bible tells us that God's ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. So God's always trying to call us up higher. He's always trying to bring us to a perspective that's different than what we can see in the natural. What God's doing is bigger than what you can see in the natural. It's bigger than what you can feel in the natural. And in Hebrews 4, 16, it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. God has grace and mercy for you in your time of need. You know, I love where in the Bible it says that he collects our teardrops. He cares about every single tear that you cry, every single moment that you need him, whether it's big or little, he cares and you can push your way through it, you can lead your way through it, but there's only so much you can do in your own strength. There's a time where we need to turn over our power and we need to turn over our our thought process and our perspective to the plans and the purposes and the presence of God because he can see things that we can't see. He knows things that we don't know. In Psalms 25, four through five, it says, make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Have you ever waited on the Lord? Most of the time, I feel like, you know, we're waiting on God to do something. We're waiting on God to show up. But have you ever waited on him and just been with him? You know, my husband... There's times where he waits on me to get ready. And there's times where I wait on him to get ready. And you know what? God is ready and waiting right now to intervene and and interact with you in in your situation, in your circumstance right now. He's waiting. But have you ever taken the time to let him do his work in your heart? Have you ever taken the time to let him do his work in your mind? 
You know, in Revelation 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. I've said this before in this podcast, but you know, I see that as a picture that God is standing at a door and he's knocking and we have the handle on our side. You have the choice to open up the door. You have the choice to let him in. But if you hear his voice and you open the door, when that says, I will come to him and eat with him, that means that he's going to do life with you. He's going to do life with you. He's going to sit with you. He's going to eat with you. He's going to be with you. And you know, I want to encourage you with Zephaniah 3.17. It says, The Lord